Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the if survival is even possible <coughs> out here. It's gonna be nice once it gets cooler. Yeah. Um, What's the weather like there right now? It's like seventy-five outside right now, but it that's just it's, I, I'm in the sun. Like the sun's on yeah. the outside of the garage, so when you get this, just kind of radiates in here. And because we don't have ventilation or or uh, what's it called, um, that other stuff, I forget what it's called, uh, insulation. Uh, it just kind of bakes in here, and I got the lights and all the equipment and stuff. So that's kind of that's part of why I want to maybe try doing um, next week doing it earlier because it's beautiful. Gotcha. In, it's beautiful in here early in the morning. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Like, uh, I kind of get my day started around 10 Mountain Standard Time, so that'd be 9 your time. That would be perfect, actually. It would be the perfection. Okay, hang on. I want to make sure. For a second. Did you say I cut out for a second? Yeah. You're all pixely, and, but it may be me. Well, it probably isn't you, actually. I'm, I, that's one of the things that I'm concerned about because I'm running off of my home Wi-Fi, which is on the other side of that wall, and then through another room. So we'll see how today goes. I might have to get an extender. Or you just get a network cable, run it from your router, and have super clean Internet. Yeah, but then I'd have to drill a hole in that wall. <laughs> and it that's what I did. I finally, I finally got my computer and the Xbox hooked up to Cat Five. It is definitely um, you're right. It is definitely the way to go, and especially now, Time Warner just upgraded my internet. I get like 300 down. And oh man, that's up. three times faster than I get. And mine's yeah, plenty fast. Yeah, yeah. The problem is when I'm out here, I'm just far enough away. I think that the, the signal is not very. It's like it's disrupted. Well, uh, the 300 down won't won't go across your Wi-Fi. That's why I was like, if I'm getting 100, I want 100 in my computer. Well, yeah. I mean, so, I'm still. I was getting, like, I I could get 150 down over Wi-Fi. Yeah, which that's is pretty good. Insane. So yeah, and I, and I probably could now. I've got to upgrade my my uh, Wi-Fi. I was trying to get it all through this house. It was becoming quite difficult. So I finally just bought the you know, not the most expensive thing I could buy, but a a, a real decent one. Well, yeah, and that's the thing too. Is I have the I have the the Asus looks like an it looks like it's an alien mothership, yeah. Router, so that is supposed to pump a much much higher speeds through over Wi-Fi. But I wonder actually where there probably is an existing hole in here somewhere because this is this is garage. We actually yeah. share the garage with with four with three other the other units in the in the in the the apartment. And so I'm sure there's a hole somewhere. I'll just have to find it. And if I can get a long enough Cat Five cable, I would totally. I'll, <laughs> the problem, literally, the 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 uh, the the thing couldn't be further away. Like the router couldn't be further away from where I am now. But I'm All actually right. still getting pretty decent internet, like decent connections. So yeah, fine. is the, I'm getting your your image is cleared up quite a bit, and the uh, audio is cleared up quite a bit. I might get in the. Weird artifacts as much. I just heard one a second ago. Okay, nice. This is good. And I, I'm also going to cut out of some of these other programs that use up bandwidth, like the Skype and the Mail and probably just this one. Too. Well, no, I'll leave that one on. Spotify doesn't need to be on. Uh, 
So, you got a new gal in your life? I have a new gal in my life. Okay. Oops. I saw pictures. I'm like, wait, I didn't ever. I don't think I really met your wife, but she kind of looks. Like yeah. What I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's. I, funny. I don't know if I wanted to bring that up or not. Yeah, but yeah, I did yeah. Anyway. No, no, no. That's funny. I actually have gotten that several times, and I, I've had that same thought to myself. And this is my. This is. This is not live, so no one's going to hear this. It is going to be on the audio recording, okay, but I'll good. cut it out. I, I, I think to myself, some people have told me, they've been like, you, you have a type, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> kind, kind of. Like I, I do like Asian girls, but here's the thing. I think it's more that Asian girls are the only girls that like me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I'm fine with it because this girl is actually pretty cool. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good spot with it. We'll see. I mean, it's only been like a month, so we'll see. Kind yeah. of how I, I kept seeing pictures on Instagram or whatever. And I was like, is that this X? I'll, I'll wait and see if I see a few more pictures before I ask any questions. Yeah. 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 Well, the funny thing is we wanted it to be kind of cheeky, kind of, kind of cagey. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't yeah. say, Hey, look, it's, it's my new girl or Hey, I'm we're yeah. dating now. Or Hey, this is Sue. I'm introducing her to the world. It was basically just like, let's just post pictures and just have like a, the most random hashtag. So it's like the first one was just, we were on the beach and we had donuts. So we took a picture of the donut and then we were like, hashtag donuts. I saw that one. I saw that one. And then the next one was like breakfast. And then the next one, we, and that's kind of been our, it's kind of been our little shtick, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But yeah. Well, that's cool, man. It's going well. Thanks. It's going really well. So. Let's do it. Where's Ross? Ross. <laughs> We're waiting for you. And I just shut Skype down, so I can't. I can't text him. I can. I can. He's, he's, he said he's wrapping something up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's just on a call, so he's he'll, he'll be a minute. It should be should be fine. Yeah. I am, man. I'm going through a mess here. It's yeah. Killing me. With what? It's, it's uh. Well, my it's my favorite client, Sophie. Yeah. Which I kind of I think we're wrapping stuff up pretty soon. I think she's. She, I know she's running some issues with the. She's got a, a two houses she's paying for once, and anyway, money's tight, and I'm expensive, so, um, so I think that's gonna wrap up her wine. Not, maybe not completely. I don't know, but I hope not because I really like helping her. But aside from that, she's got this overseas web team. Been like a bull in a china shop. We built all these landing pages out on her main site, and they they're updating her main site theme, but. They just do it the easy way and just wipe out everything you have and replace uh, it with what they built. And so everything's gone. And they didn't make good backups. Luckily, this guy did. Yeah. But all the work that's, you know, it's, it's a weekly backup. It's a daily, weekly, and monthly backup. Sure. And um, it, uh, anyway, it's a mess. And I can't go back. If we figured out yesterday that we needed to restore, I could have gone back to the backup from yesterday. But... Anyway, I gotta go back to the sites that aren't that aren't messed up, back those up individually, and then back up, restore her whole hosting account. I think some of those overseas I think you can get you can get really lucky with some of those some of those overseas developers, but you can also get whatever the opposite of lucky is, unlucky. You can also get <laughs> screwed you can also get screwed miserable. Pretty, yeah, yeah. You can also get screwed pretty hard because I think that there's there's a group of them. Ross J. Walker I'm here. He's in the house. He's in the house, indeed. We're just talking about overseas developers, Ross. Isn't that your favorite? Oh, good. Isn't that like your favorite thing of all time? 
freaking love that topic. <laughs> you only have to go through about ten to find one that you enjoy. Right, right. And and on top of that, her hosting is all. Where where where's where does where does what host do I hate, Ross? Oh, Bluehost. Bluehost, yes. Bluehost. You know who I hate. They're, you know who which hosting I hate is GoDaddy. But Bluehost, yeah, is, Bluehost is up there. GoDaddy's worse than Bluehost. I, I will give it that. And I don't even consider. But my other new client is on GoDaddy. Of, um, oh, of course. And it's annoying as hell. It, it would be even more annoying if it weren't for the fact that Infusionsoft server on his for his app is also stupid slow. So wow. it's distracting from the GoDaddy slowness. Ooh. Anytime, anytime. That's actually a statement. Anytime something is distracting from how slow GoDaddy is, you know there's an issue. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Because GoDaddy's the So best. actually, while we're on this call, I'm going to be restoring her hosting. That makes me nervous. That does. So I just realized, just putting two and two together here, I can see the back of Brett's laptop, which makes me realize Brett's not using the camera in the laptop. Oh. What is Brett doing? Okay, this is good. I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to uh, kick off the recording, get everything going live, and then I'm gonna show you guys the setup because it's. I'm, right. I'm kind of proud of it, and then uh, and then we'll dive in. So, by the way, I'm just gonna say this before we get started on the recording. This is as laid back of a thing as there can be. We're just gonna be talking. So, if you can, I mean, if there are things that come up, you have ideas and things you want to share. What I would like to make to make this into is. Um, a, a way for those of us that have been in the freelance consulting space for a while to share stuff that works, stuff that doesn't. Because eventually, I mean, these first few of these that we do, very few people are going to see, right? So as we continue to build sort of a, a, a repository of, of content and stuff, it'll just be a nice place where people can come and learn, oh, this is what people who have been freelance consulting for a while are doing. And, and I want to focus mainly on the consulting side of things. There's going to be plenty of opportunity for us to talk about Infusionsoft and tips and tricks that way. But I want to talk about more of the soft skills. So it's this stuff we're talking about, like hosting, understanding which hosting accounts are better, understanding how to interact with clients. Like I want to talk today a lot about um, your relationship with your client as a freelance consultant, all that kind of stuff. So, so we'll, uh, we'll dive in and just, just be low-key and be yourself, and it will be fun times. Okay. So If my audio gets bad, let me know, and I can put a headset on. Okay, uh, you're fine so far, so I think you'll be good. Cool. All right, <clears throat> here we go. We live. We live. All right, we're live. Welcome everybody. Welcome the zero of us that are watching. But I'm going to do this for all the people who watch this in the future. Uh, welcome. This is episode number five of the One T Weeklies, and as always, it's Wednesday. Um, sometime in the very near future, we're going to start doing these earlier in the day because it gets really hot in here. <laughs> in this garage, which I'm going to explain and kind of showcase here in a second. Um, we're really excited. John and I are excited. John's been kind of a regular on the, on the, on the show. I'm going to call it a show. Uh, but we got, we got our man Ross Walker. And I'm actually super excited because these two guys are probably, like the, con- the connection of the two of them has been one of my longest standing relationships in my consulting career. Uh, I've known John for like eons. I feel like we, we grew up together or whatever. Uh, it's been a long time and I met Ross through John and because I met Ross, that's how I ended up with Frank Kern and then that happened and then now that's done. We can talk about that a little bit, Ross, if you want. And then, uh, and then, and now we're all just, we just kind of bounce ideas off each other. We ask questions of each other and, and so I'm really excited to have these guys on here. Probably two of, in terms of like freelancing, they've been freelancing a lot longer than I have 
and uh, and I uh, probably two of the wisest people in at least in the Infusionsoft space that I know of, and people when it comes to like conversations with cu- with customers and, and strategies and things like that. These are the two guys that I would that I would trust the most if I ever asked anyone any questions ever, which I don't. But if I did, these are the guys I would ask. <laughs> anyway. So I'm excited. Uh, let me just kind of, well, I, I told Ross that I would explain to him why he can see the back of my laptop, which means that I'm not using the camera on my laptop. I don't use that camera for two reasons. The first is it's not as good as the camera that I've got on the tripod back there. Um, it doesn't, doesn't have as good a quality. And second, I actually really want people to see Boba Fett back here. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that's a motivating factor, that's, really. Yeah, it's the, that's, that's probably the, the most like the most important part of the whole thing is that I want people to see Boba Fett because I'm really proud of that vinyl. So um, anyway, what I've done is I, some of you may notice I've moved. I'm in a different spot. I actually moved my whole setup out into the garage. Uh, it gives me a little bit more space. It's hotter than Arizona in here right now, but, um, but it's all right. We're going to start doing this stuff earlier in the morning. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to head over. The, you're gonna, the audio is going to cut out for a second because I don't have all the mics. Actually, no, I have more mics. I'm just going to grab that mic in just a second and just show you kind of what the, the setup is, and then we'll get, we'll get cracking on the, on the stuff. Yeah. I'm dying to see this, John. I'm like, wait a sec, how come I can see his laptop? What is he doing? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week because I commented Whoa. on the fact that I could see. Okay, so I, was like, I cool. should still be coming through on the audio. I've got so basically, we've got, I can't see what I'm showing you, so I'm just going to get so this is my with the workstation. I've got all, all of my 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 the audio stuff set up over here, and then back over here is where I do my other podcasting stuff. Where I've got the piano and I put the guitars back there. I don't keep them in here during the day though, and then the, the garage door is back out there. So this is my little setup. Nice. All right. So uh, the video out from like a DS a DSLR, and that feeds into where. No, that that is actually a um, it's a webcam. It's the C ninety E or whatever the Logitech. Oh, okay. Just feeds USB into your laptop. Yep, that one goes straight into the USB, and then this. So the most complicated part, I, I took this, I went through this with uh, John last week. Uh, I have a FireWire um, mixer. That's the big mixer that you saw, and that runs into a USB audio interface. So I use the mixer to set the mix levels for the mics and for the piano and for everything. Then I run that into a USB input. That comes through via FireWire, which is a little bit quicker, so the audio quality is usually a little bit better. And then I have the USB interface, which comes in through USB. We're recording now. based We're, we're basically taking the live audio feed from the USB interface into uh, Google, and then the camera comes in as well. So it's a bit of a thing. That actually, the really cool thing that I realized again the other day is that when you have a Mac and you have a, a, a iPhone and a Mac, you can make and receive calls from your from your computer. So what I've started doing is I actually make and receive phone calls with this mic, which is beautiful because I just set it up this way and I don't have to like take anything off to to go that way. So. That's impressive. Thank you for the tour. I, I apologize to backtrack if you've covered it before, but that was neat. Well, no, I've 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 covered just the audio portion. I haven't covered the the setup in here yet so anyway um i'm excited like i said to to chat with you guys today what i wanted to do what i had been doing in the past with this with these calls was kind of making it an open support call um but people have other things they're doing and they're kind of busy so what i want to do is just make this more of a uh more of like a podcast setup where we're just sort of talking with each other and going through different ideas and things so um what i wanted to start out with and this is a uh, a thought that i've been having 
this morning and of late. I want to talk about um, consulting in general, just about the idea. I mean, consulting in the tech space specifically, but I want to just talk about consulting because I think there's a there's a lot of uh, mis. I think a lot of things are misconstrued, and there's a lot of um, misinformation out there about how consulting needs to happen. And I feel like there are a lot of consultants that could do a lot better if they had some of the skills. I think that like people like us have, um, and I haven't just just from experience and stuff. So um, I wanted to. I just want. I'm going to start into a, a thought that I had, and then would you guys chime in as you have thoughts. Um, okay. I want to get as much of your input as I can. But I was thinking recently. One of the biggest thing, one of the biggest problems I see with consultants, especially in the infusionsoft space these days, is that they are so unwilling to take the role of the expert with their customer. Right. So often, and I, I know that that you guys have probably run into this in the past, but so often the customer, like there's this weird, um, it's not really a power dynamic, but it's like a, you're trying like both you and the customer, especially when you first get started, it's kind of awkward because. Like they don't know if you're going to be the one that's the expert or if, or if they're supposed to be the expert or if they're going to tell you what they want you to do or if you're just going to figure out what's supposed to be done. So sometimes there can be this weird moment where um, the, the customer some, – sometimes what, the, the, I think, what I think is detrimental is the customer feels for a split second like, like you are waiting for, to, to, waiting for them to tell you what to do as a, as a consultant. And so they get into this mode of um, trying to – constantly be telling you what to do and i think i believe very strongly that as a consultant your job is to be the expert your job is to tell your customer when they're wrong your job is to is to is to know more than the customer does about what's happening and to and to bring those types of things to the customer so it's so because when it comes down to it like technicians tech especially in in the like internet marketing internet anything on the internet space being a technician is a very um, it's, it's, it's everybody, there's lots of technicians and you can pay 15 bucks an hour for someone to come in and build a campaign. What people want to pay consulting dollars for is when should we use this campaign? Why are we using this campaign? Should we use this campaign or this campaign? Is this campaign tested? What's the right copy to put here? What's the, what's the, how many links should I put in here? So when you get a client that comes in and says, no, 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 I want to tag every single one of the links that anybody clicks because I want to have that data. Right, you as a consultant should know: Are they doing four thousand dollars a month, or are they doing four hundred thousand dollars a month? Because if they're doing four thousand dollars a month, they don't have the time, nor do they have the the traffic to make decisions about that type of data. So there's no reason for you to spend a bunch of extra time to trying to create tags for every single link that they send. You know, these are the types of questions that I'm that I that I that I'm sort of referring to is just stuff like this where you kind of want to take that role of the expert and be like, no, no, no. Let's do that later. Let's actually get something in place first, and then we can go from there. So that, that's just that idea of, as a consultant, your job is not to be the order taker because there are people that and, – and if, if your client just needs someone who's an order taker, the, I think that, that, that consultants have an obligation to tell their customer, hey, look, <laughs> that's not me. You know what I mean? You can pay somebody else like a fraction of what you're paying me. What you pay me for is for the high level, the consultation part of it. So I don't know. What do you guys? What thoughts do you guys have on that, or on other other ideas, other other um, strategies of of con- consulting that are that you think are important? John, well, I'll say just given what I'm dealing with today, um, you know, I messed up in my opinion where uh, I have a client who working with these uh, overseas web developers and as I've described them as uh, 
a bull in a china shop. They'd gone in and messed up a bunch of stuff. And um, I wasn't the project manager on this on this project, but I should have been prepared and said, "Hey, are you asking these guys this, this, and this as far as you know what their what their processes are?" So because what you know as a you know, my, my typical work is I'm, I'm helping people. I'm doing the high-level stuff, but I'm also jumping in and building. And, you know, that's including, you know, building membership sites, landing pages, the funnels in Infusionsoft or whatever other tool I'm using. Um, and if I – I'm not aware of how all the other parts of the puzzle are moving together, it quickly snowballs into a big mess. Right. So – I like the idea of just focusing on the consultation and not the doing, but every, whenever I've done that, um, the team I, that they have in place typically screws things up enough that, that uh, well, have I to would jump wonder, in I it. would wonder, because I don't know that it's necessarily just consult and don't do. Because sometimes, sometimes at the end of the day, like doing the consulting is like the first half. And then the fact, like for example, me, me Brad and I, we we have always long considered ourselves i don't know if this is app i've never actually tried this out so i don't know if this is true but i have always considered myself to be the fastest and most efficient implementer of infusionsoft on the planet rivaled only by brad but he's doing all this like high level talking to people and playing basketball and getting elbowed in the face stuff so i like to think that i'm but that's kind of the idea if you're if i'm doing the consulting for you i'm going to build it for you because i'm going to do it faster and better now that doesn't mean that you couldn't pay less and get somebody else to do it, but if I like I've I've you know I've built it in my head so I can build it for you, but I think uh, I think in those those situations and well in fact we should talk a little bit more about like that that type of project management because you say you weren't in the in the position of a project manager for it, but it, was it was that something where you could have or is that something where you could have stepped in and taken over project management role? Are, are there other experiences you've had? in the past where you have stepped in and taken more of a project management role and it's worked out better for you because you have your, your fingers in all the pot. Like I'm dealing with a client right now where I'm like the end, I'm like the end of one of the like fingers of the team. And so I just sort of get things flung at me like, okay, do this, do this. And there's people coming at me from all over the place and I just haven't done a good job of bringing it down and and creating a very streamlined uh, avenue of communication, if that makes sense. Yeah, and what you just said there, avenue of communication, that's that's the biggest part of it. Um, you know, with the stuff I'm doing for this gal, the, you know, it's a lot in a short amount of time. And so I, I wasn't able to say, you know, let's slow this down and, you know, have me be the project manager. Overall, it's still going to go faster than if I had been doing that. It's just this past two days, we were supposed to launch, you know, Monday and, uh, She's uh she's into the astrological stuff, so apparently Mer- Mercury's in retrograde, and that that means bad stuff. So, <laughs> yes, I told her I, I said I'm, I don't follow that stuff, but I don't dismiss it either, right? Because <laughs> I've got two clients right now that are having some right. weird stuff going on. So. <laughs> because my my financial bottom line depends on me not dismissing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I totally, I, I totally, yeah, I agree. Do you feel like, and Ross, maybe you can chime in on this as well. Do you feel like when you get into situations like this? Do you feel like, okay, next time I'm with a new client, I'm going to start out and just say, this is how it's supposed to go, and I'm going to be the project manager, and when there's things that need to happen, like it's going to all come through the same single line of communication. Like, Do you feel like there's different situations you have that 
set you up to do it differently the next time? Yeah, there's um, exactly what you said. You, you know it right after you screwed up. You're like, oh, how did I get stuck in an implementer's role? And how, where did I slip out of consultant? Yeah. Become a task getter. Um, and after you've identified it enough, then eventually you make it a habit to say, okay, this is, this is where I keep screwing this up. And I think that actually the three of us are very prone to it because knowing you guys, we're all extremely casual, and that's probably one of the per- worst parts of our personality because you're so friendly. Yeah. And it, it's easy to do, yeah, yeah, you know what, um, not exactly yes, man, but people get so comfortable with you, they're like, dude, Ross, you're smart. You know how to do that too, right? Will you install that SSL certificate? And I'm like, I do know how to do that. No, I won't. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, Do you find what what have you found for yourself, Ross, that because you you mentioned you start to pick up on patterns and like when things happen. Is there more more are there more like trigger points aside from just being a nice guy that cause that to happen? Because I think that's that's an important thing. And I would I I have some that I know of and I'd be interesting to hear John's, too, because I feel like that's a an important thing that people could benefit from is learning. Here's some trigger points that could affect you as well. Yeah, there is the change in my own language from. I can do that to we can make that happen. If, if they mention something that I don't want to be known as the guy that gets that task, instead of saying I can do that, I say we can make that happen. I'll be sure your project manager gets that on the list to have it done. Things like that. Then I'm like, okay, that was a big one. A, a psychological one that happened that I didn't plan for this, but it's been one of the coolest things that, that does happen is you know, I try to be the consultant. But like you, we like to implement, right? When there's little things on the implementation that get done, or anything on the implementation that get done, I never report that anymore. Even if I did it and I finished it, I hand it over to the project manager, and she emails the client and says, hey, this part or this phase, this is now done. Mm. So it's not my email. It's not my face. It's not my name being associated with that task. I can come back later at our meeting and say, yeah, you saw that phase one was done. We got that done. It, it's it's no longer my fingers that touch right. the keyboard. So mo- moving it out of being a personal one-on-one relationship with you and the customer and into yeah. the customer's relationship with an organization that's taking care of things for them. Yeah. Okay. And then if they reply, they reply to her. Right. And, and you know, she takes care of that, which I, I see those. We talk about them all the time. But just the simple fact of who did that email come from, how was it written? Yeah. When did it happen? That kind of stuff. That's been huge. I didn't even see that coming, but that no, was that, a huge. No, I could see that being. Up. How many people are working for you right now? You have a uh, you have a like an assistant or account manager. Do you have people working at like actually implementing under you? Yeah, yeah. There's my my one my my project manager slash assistant slash half of my head now. Yep. Um, she she's probably twenty twenty five hours a week. Okay. And then I've got a team of implementers now. We're up to seven of them. Oh, nice. And they all do, you know, it just depends on our, our current workload, do you how many f- hours they're doing. Do you find, I'm curious about this. I'm going to get to you, John, in just a sec. I'm, this, is, I'm, this is a rabbit hole that I'm purposely going down. Do you yeah. find, Ross, that you have issues with training or with keeping the, your implementers to a certain, like to a style of implementation or anything like that? Like what, what has been... You know, when you when you because when you bring people on, especially when you're a freelancer and you're used to doing things yourself, you bring people on. The first thing that that goes out the window is consistency. 
right? Consistency in the product that you're, that you're delivering, which in our case, for the most part is a service. Um, so do you find that, uh, like how, how, how do you get around that? It, it was a problem and um, found a solution for it. And so I wish it was, I expected something bigger. It's video. I, I make for every project, there's the big picture video. This is what this project's goal. This is what we will need to accomplish. And then for every task, if it's within the first few times that this person's done this task, here's an exact video. This is exactly what I need you to do, and I verbally say it. Um, I'll refer them to a video I recorded earlier. It needs to look like this one. Like, your, your timers and your emails are in this lane. Your tags are in this lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know exactly what I mean on that I example, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I do. And so I show them this is exactly how it looks like, and then if they did it wrong or if it was, which actually doesn't happen much when I use this video, I'll fi- I record myself fixing it, and I talk the whole time. Okay. Okay, I see that. So do you, do, so last follow-up question on this, and then we'll, we'll move on, but I, this is very, very intriguing to me. Do you find that uh, you're spending, how much time would you say you spend, given that you've done like the initial work on these videos, like the main there's a, you have like a kind of repository of, of video content that you can refer them to. How much yeah. per project, how much time do you think you spend uh, making a video versus how much time is spent by them doing the implementation? By doing it? On a ratio, it's way profitable. Um, total on a, on a regular funnel build, I probably will record in, in total maybe 20 minutes tops, 15 to 20 minutes wow. of video. Five to six of that will be the one big video, yeah. and then there'll yeah. be just a certain amount of tasks after that one. But the project manager watches every single one of the videos, and she quality checks everything they do. So she's seen the video. She heard my instructions. She looks at them, and then she'll report back to me and says, I don't know if we nailed it on this one, Ross. Look at it again. And that's wow. what I'll make a repair video. You have, a, you have, a, you have, a, you have a, 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 the ability to turn over some of the... Uh, like the final quality checks. I don't have that as a Martino. Like it would have like I don't know that I could I don't know that I could hand off the initial quality check to anybody else. You know what yeah. I mean? Cuz I'm well, a little bit insane like that. But. I get the last one. I always do the last one like I walk through the the whole campaign completely. Yeah. Um but yeah, she quality checks it before then. <laughs> oh, that's insane. That's amazing though. Uh that's actually good. That's I think that's a great thing to think about as a consultant is understanding that, especially if you're in a services industry, the way that you scale and make more money is by adding employees. That's literally the only way you can't do it any other way. Cause if, if you're, if you're a project based, uh, consultancy where everything you do is based on the customer coming to you, giving you a certain amount of work to do, and then moving forward that way, the only way that you scale the, a number of those projects you can do is by bringing on employees. But the only way that you keep the quality up I think is I think you hit it right on the head. The, the guy that does the video fruit website, I forget his name. I'm friends with him with him on Facebook. Uh, I only say that because I was kind of proud of the fact that I was able to become friends with him on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but um, the uh, I think that video idea because what can happen is that he does the same thing when he has projects that he wants done. He spends an hour making a video, and he gets ten hours worth of really, really sharp, he gets exactly what he wants because you're taking them through. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a 10 to 1. I would probably say I'm about eight, 7 or 8 to 1, but that is a freaking cool metric I should figure out a way to watch closer. 
Yeah, that, and that, that, the cool thing about that, too, yeah. for someone like you, Ross, is that in, eventually that turns into a, hey, you want to learn how to consult the way that I consult? Here's the thing. There's a tip, right? Uh, if you make video, there's, there, you, can, you can see a pretty consistent, like, if I make 20 minutes worth of video, I can get, you know, five hours worth of, 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 uh, of, ex, of, um, of work done from a yeah. from somebody and it's it's just five hours it's not five hours plus my five hours of review plus five more hours of them redoing it it's five hours done and then you review at the very end and then you're then you're good to go you're much more efficient yeah, that way. really go video to work ratio i'm gonna start watching that thank you yeah that's awesome so john now that we've circled back around to you yeah. do you have do you have any any along these same lines any things like that's because you're a little different you're more like me and it's just you 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 yep. do work you know solo for these different companies and people. So what kind of for for people that are sort of solo, what kind of what kind of stuff can you? Well, can let you me do? first say the only reason it's not that it's it's not more than me is because I am really slow to get people in the pipeline. Uh, I would love to have the problem that Ross has solved. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so just saying that that's that's uh it's it's uh it's in some ways a choice to be. A singlepreneur, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, but a, a lot of it really comes down to not not being smart enough to scale the same way I help my clients scale. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so um, the biggest thing is is, is uh, not the biggest thing. One of the biggest things is is having a, a good communication channel, and email is the worst. Um, you know, I've got. But it, you know, it's the nature of it. I haven't figured out how to solve this yet. But I've got clients that, that you know, hey, I don't ever get on Skype, but I use Slack, or you know, I love email. You know, I'm gonna send you 20 emails a day, and uh, I, I try my best to train them out of that. But some of it just doesn't take. So that's a, that's if you could find a way to solve that and get everybody through one channel. What what have, what have you found has been uh, so? D- describe to me a couple of the instances where it doesn't take. Like what causes it not to take? Well, well, with a client not taking, just because it's changing habits. You know, I mentioned earlier, but I think before we started recording, or maybe a, 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 that oh, I was talking to Ross about this earlier. Um, you know, he's got uh, some tools he uses um, that I love. Um, Evernote's one of them, and, and I've been using it for years, but never made a good habit of using it. It's a powerful tool and a huge time saver. Um, so the same reason you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I know I know there are tools out there that make things easier. Um, but it's just a matter of building habits. Okay. And you know all about that with your, your Muay Thai stuff that you've been doing. And True. you just kind of, you, you, you owned it, man. You took that habit and made it part of your life. So and it's when you can do that, those things and, and make those things a habit that it, that it changes your life and, and you know, can, can open up to improvements. Yeah. So do that's you, not an area I'm great at. I, yeah, I, can, yeah. I, can, I can acknowledge that. Well, do you, th- how much of it do you think goes back to what Ross was saying earlier about just we're, 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 you know, we're cool guys. We're, we're nice guys. And people, are, people say things and not, it's not right. It's not to the point that we let people take advantage of us, although that's kind of is what's happening. But, but like we let people ask us for things and we say, yeah, sure. That's easy because it, because yeah. technically it is easy. And it's just like Ross was saying, there's that line where in order to create long-term uh, efficiency, you have to like be a little bit of a robot in the instant. You know what I mean, and say and say no. One thing that I found to to kind of springboard off of this a little bit is um, 
I am very, very religiously protective of my personal time, which is actually pretty much all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, evenings after five and weekends, I will not respond to you. I will not do it. And I have one client who still thinks that I will and continues to send text messages, but I, I refuse because that's my time. Right. Um, and I don't, I've never, I've, there have been one, the, 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 the two times that I've kind of slipped up and been like, yeah, yeah, I'll help out. I can, I can jump in and, you know, take a look at this thing on Sunday. Like it becomes a, a all weekend thing. And I, like, I can't have that. If you so open think, that can. Yeah. The minute doesn't... you open it, it never closes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, Ross, actually, you, maybe you can speak to this. What, cause I know you used to be solo, like, like John and I, what, what was the thing that helped you to make the transition into that sort of, um, the mindset to where now you're able to bring people on and have a, a more complete sort of agency style thing that you're doing? Like, what was the, sh- what was the transition? What was that shift like? Or did you just decide to do it and then you figured it out? No, I, I drug myself into a kicking and screaming. Because I don't, I don't let control go. It's, it's horrible, right? Yeah. But I, I completely filled up my day with work to the point of like, okay, I, I am too, I enjoy fun enough that I can't work this much. But this is the amount of money I want to make. Yeah. So I've got to finally, it just, it, it took me like eight months, forever, to finally just say, okay, I, I raised my rates a couple times. That worked well. Um, but finally, I just. Had to, had to start doing it, found a project manager, didn't work out, found a second project manager, didn't work out, found the one I have now, and it's been beautiful for almost a year. By, and, by how much, this, these, are, these are, I'm super curious about all these questions, by yeah. how much did you raise your rates when you did that and it Double. worked? Doubled your rates? Yeah. All right, I'm going to try yeah. that. I'm going to try that with this annoying client and see if I can, because either I'm going to make twice as much money or I don't have to worry about him anymore. <clears throat> you go. <laughs> you either feel good about the work because you're making enough. Well, they're gone. Right. right. So, well, I don't think I'll ever feel good about the work I'm doing for this guy because this is another example of like I needed money and he needed work done. And that's like my least favorite type of, of, <laughs> of relationship, yeah. right, where I'm just sort of at his mercy. And so um, I kind of want to keep raising rates on him until he's like, okay, that's too much, and then I can be good. But by that time, I will have made a bunch of money, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, so basically, you just did it. I just, I just had to do it, and I, I took some time. I, I started at the bottom. I found someone else to delegate my tasks to first, started building the lowest end of the team. Okay. And so I was playing implementer and project manager, and so I was training them and, and getting rid of some of these really cheap tasks, and then I did the project manager. That's what took the eight months to say, okay, now that they know what they're doing, they know how I work, I learned the video trick at that point. Yeah. Then I went and got the project manager and said, "These, this and client communication was the biggest hours per day that's killing me. That's all yours now. And so she follows up, does quality assigns and reviews tasks, does client communication, and then just keeps looking at the big picture saying, okay, this is what's next. Let me get those things rolling. Yeah. That's, wow. She's awesome. Do you have – so so – this actually could just turn into Ross teaches Brett and and uh, John how to grow their businesses, <laughs> yeah. which I'm totally good with because that means I make more money. Uh, do you? Uh, we'll send you. A, we'll send you your fee. Don't worry. We'll. We got, <laughs> there you go. We got, I'll, I'll buy you an, an icon ticket or something. Um, the uh, do you find 
Do you have like a, like a pretty consistent pipeline of people coming in? How, how does that process work now that you have a team? Because before, basically, I mean, obviously, when it's just you, it's like, oh, you want to give me money? Yes, I'll take it. Right? Yes, I will take money. Yeah. <laughs> um, strangely enough, the, the cobbler has the worst shoes. I still don't have an amazing funnel built for myself. Well, what, do, you find though, do you find though that they just come to you? They do. They just pop up. Yeah. Every single month, somebody new shows up. And when, I, when they say, this is how I found you, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I couldn't have predicted it, yeah. but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't had a – I don't have consistent that type of thing, but all the clients I have now, like, called me. They were like, hey, I heard you're on your own now. I want to pay you money. Pay money. And I was like, done. Yep. Let's do it. I'll take your money, and then I'll do some things for you, and it will be good. John, what about you, John? I know you mentioned before you don't really have much of a pipeline because you, you're like me and that you kind of get set in – yeah, like this is what I want to do. I want to have my routine, you know, kind of have, I have these different things that I want to do. We're like, I don't know how much of this is you, John, but I feel like I am one, like one thread of patience away from actually being really good just at having a job. Like I just, I just don't have, I just don't have the patience for authority, like for somebody else being in charge. Like that's the one thing. Everything else about what I do, I love routine. I love coming to the same place. I love having a thing that I'm doing. I love being able to get into like a cycle and staying on that cycle. I love having jobs that I do. I love doing the same thing. Um, but I just can't handle having somebody else tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mission's called entrepreneur, and yes, she yeah, goes so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea of having a job has appealed to me, you know, from time to time. I've had, like I say, I've had one job since I've lived in Utah, and it was for a dirty place. Yeah. Um, but well, great people. Some of the, some some great people. You know, as with any place you go work, you know, you find good people, right. and you, you find that you know the people that run the company. You know, usually you ask aren't. them what their what their what's, what's your company vision? Uh, make money. Make make more dollars. There are dollars yeah, out there. I want more of them in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was all sorts of shady stuff going on there, and, and I was very glad when that ended. Well, what's um, your so what, what what has been if if I may ask these questions what what has been your experience with getting business like do you do you do any sort of self promotion do you do any marketing to get clients? I know when you have a client or two that are that have your your income needs basically met you just kind of sit with that but like yeah. what's your what's your process for getting new business or does it just come to you? It generally comes to me word of mouth, um, and that's probably been one of my weaknesses and strengths at the same time is that. All my life, I've always been able to make things, you know, financially been able to make things work. Yeah. But it, you know, it's I want to be here, and that gets me to here. Uh huh. So figuring out what that 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 rest of it is, you know, a lot of it is. I'm always jealous of, of Ross's business mindset. Uh, he always always seems to have it figured out. And uh, you know, I've always got work to do, but I know I can be much more efficient at right. it. And uh, yeah, just but word of mouth is typically where where I get it. You know, if I get desperate, I'll hit up a couple of people that you know do some of the masterminds and say, hey, you know, if you if you need some help, you know, if anybody anybody in the group needs some help, just just give me a quick shout. It'd be awesome. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's worked for me pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, it's that's, not that's it's not scalable good. again. That's, yeah, that's it's it definitely not because you can't you can't count on it. Right, because right. It, you know, it, it tends to work out pretty well when you have kind of momentum going because especially the more clients you work with, the, the more you're able to, to turn people out. Here's a question that has come up 
in my head, it doesn't really connect. I don't think logically, but my head works differently. So that's, <laughs> that's the connection we're going to use. Do you guys find the two of you, I'm assuming Ross, you have moved away from long-term clients and more into projects, right? Actually, I use my projects to fill up my bucket of long-term clients. Okay, so you, so your your eventual goal with people is that to get them into a long-term client relationship, where they're like paying you a monthly retainer. Yeah, I, I literally tell people on my phone sell on my sales call, I say we're gonna go on a date, probably two dates before we're ever gonna get married. I don't even want to meet your parents yet. Yeah, but if you like working with me and I love working with you, and you have projects that interest me, we're gonna turn this long-term eventually. I love that. So. What I want, well, the question comes down to this. I want to hear from both of you. What do you do? Like, what does that look like? What does the first two dates look like for you, Ross, and then for you, John? Like, when you meet and when you have a new client and you're figuring figuring out, um, like, figuring out what you want to do uh, with that particular client. Do you do you charge them like an intro fee? Do you set up like a short term contract? Do you just do a project and then move from there? So, like, what's the what's the oh, what's the flow there? Um. I have to be able to define it as a project and say this, we need to have boundaries. Say this is exactly what it is to avoid any scope creep. Because if they think we're going to date for a long time, scope creep is a horrible scope problem. Scope creep is the worst. Yeah. So we say this is the box. Yeah. I can fill this box in this amount of time for this much money. And when we're done with that, then we'll make the decision if we're both happy. And, and I, I won't tell them <laughs> rates or hours or anything until the project's over. I'll just say, I am available on an hourly retainer or a monthly retainer, but until we get this first project done, I don't think it's a fit. And the first project is—is is that always? It's always you do give them a quote, and then you say, "Okay, some yeah. do some of them come in, and it's like, hey, I want to take the next four weeks of your time, and you're charging them five grand versus like a like a twenty-five hundred dollar project type thing." Yeah, it's this is the quote for this project. Period. Done. Okay. All right, and then and then after you're done with the first project, then is it? Do you usually reach out and say, "Do you?" I mean, how often has it been where you've done the first project and been like, "I don't want to work with this guy"? <laughs> About half the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and do you just not reach out back out to them? Do they come to you and you're just like, "Ah, no, sorry." Yeah, I just it usually if I'm silent, they'll just go away. Okay. Um, if they if they reach back out to me. I just say, with my current workload, it's best that we just continue on project by project. What would you like to do next? You should write a dating book, by the way. I really should. <laughs> with, with, my current, with my current workload, it's probably best that we move on yeah. on our own path. <laughs> it's best that we just keep going project by project. Because that's, that's where I get paid the most. It's easy to come in and get out, and I right. can just end this relationship. It's not you, it's me. You know, so. uh, last question for you, and then I want to hear what John has to say. Do you Me find too. that yeah yeah do you find that you price that initial project on a pretty like is it like you do you do price it based on the hours that you estimate it'll take and if so do you price the is your hourly rate for the initial project higher or lower than your standard hourly rate would end up being I try to price based on the value I'll create for them okay um, but if if that's a complete unknown my if you pay me by project my margins are much higher than if you're paying me hourly. Right. Yep. So when you so so if I if I come to you and I have a project that you think is going to take like ten hours, are you factoring in ten hours to the price that you're going to charge me, or are you are you uh, or is that like the base level, and then you like mark it up like seven hundred percent because that's what we can do? 
<laughs> that and more. That and more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. John. What about yeah. You? What about so, you? So, what about me? <laughs> so, I love what Ross is saying there about the uh, about having the, the project first. Um, but one reason I don't typically go that way is, as far as how I'm doing business now is that um, one of the prerequisites is they've got to be making the world a better place. And so, if they're doing that and and uh, really really doing that, then I give them a lot of leeway. Uh, you know, got my big client right now. I'm probably giving her twice as many hours as she's paying for because I really want, and I know, and I know that what she's doing is 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 helping a lot of people. And it, that excites me. That makes me feel good about what I'm doing. And that that's that's part of how I you know get payment. I can't obviously you know put milk in the fridge with that, but right. Um, but it it makes job satisfaction so much greater. Well, and so, milk, milk is for cows anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> Are you going paleo? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no. I just I actually haven't drank like cow's milk in a long time. I actually just like almond milk better. Anyway, that's not that's not this conversation. I'm doing, I'm doing at all. cashew milk actually. So oh, cashew milk is so it's, good. It's less less calories than almond milk. Either. And it tastes so, but it tastes like dessert. It tastes like it tastes like you shouldn't be drinking it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's I the like, problem. Yeah, it takes a special technique. Yeah, yeah. I think Ross, you got it, almost had had it there. You have to crush the cashew with your fingers like this, and then yeah. spin. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, with your, with you your... gotta go unsweetened. Just saying on those. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk, we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll argue with you about unsweetened versus sweetened later. Um, so, do you do you find John that most of the time you have one client at a time? Is that I have. One, or one two. big client at a time, and then a few small clients. Okay. Um, and I, I like it that way, but it's a terrible way of doing it because once that one client, you know, right. is has any glitches, eggs, um, eggs, eggs, baskets, kind of thing. Yeah, then you, it leaves a big hole. Yeah. And uh, so that's 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 something I'm, I need to work on. You know, we've talked in the past. You've you've guided me in the past on uh, building a membership site, and Ross and I have talked about it. You know, it's something that that we should all be doing. For, for what you know for recurring income stabilizing income and uh, so that's on my list and it's getting bigger and higher up on the list every day is is uh, building a tool that can automate um, the education process and whether it's something you know whether it's even marketing related I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet there's you know there's a few things that I'm knowledgeable in that uh, I could help and uh yeah, so that's that's if you really want to scale, that's what you got to do. I mean, it's either that or, or hiring a bunch of people. And and I still am scared to take that leap. I'd rather I'd rather build a tool that um, that I can scale, you know, with some outsourced help, maybe with some somebody doing right. Facebook ads and that kind of stuff. But right. No, I totally understand that. I'm in that same boat. I just have a hard time like taking on the responsibility of somebody else's income. You know. Ooh, yeah. Which I think was one of the biggest things that we t- took forever to try to scale at Six Division too, because Brad had the same issue. And I think it's it sounds to me like the like the the jump from solopreneur to having employees is about the same as the jump from employee to solopreneur. It's just a little bit more intense. It's something you just kind of do, and you find yourself on the other side of it, and you're freaked out for about a month, and then every night for about six months, you're like, "What the freak? If I wake up tomorrow and these guys go away, I have no money." 
And then you eventually you're like, okay, no, I, I can function. I know what I'm doing. Like well, this, this will work out. And you kind of have to move forward that way. But I think as far as scaling in the services industry, that definitely is probably the way to go. I actually wanted to talk for a second, though, about, um, about the membership site thing because I, had, I, I, list, I saw this really, really neat post today by Mike Birbiglia, who's a comedian. He's hilarious. He's got some of the best comedy I've ever heard in my life. But he's, not, he's kind of like a B-minus list comedian. Yeah. He's not one of the big ones because uh, his, his stuff is pretty like highbrow, like it's – it's it's kind of involved and like it's his whole show. It's this whole. He's not like a one like a joke guy. He's like a that's like the sure. way like delivery. Yeah. Anyway, he talk he talks about how to how to he the whole article is called making it small in Hollywood, and he said um, one of the biggest things and this actually comes from um, from Irving Irving something the guy that makes this this American Life podcast. He said, there's a, there's a difference. There's, when you first start out and you're creative and you're making something, there's a difference between your taste and your output and your ability to create. And so what happens is a lot of times for the first like six months of creating something, what you're making isn't good enough for you because your taste is much higher than your ability to create. And so what happens is a lot of people will quit because they're trying to make this thing and they know what good, like it's like, say you're making food, right? You're making pastries. I know what a good pastry tastes like. And I know, like, I, I, can, I have a really sophisticated palate, but the stuff I'm making is down here. Or, like, music for me, right? I know good music because I've been studying it my whole life. I make music, and I, in my own opinion, some of my stuff is pretty good, but it's pretty subpar. But what happens is you have to keep going until your, your muscles, your, your mental muscles, and your abilities match up, and you find that, that matching spot where your, your taste matches what you're able to, to, to produce. And I think that's one thing that can stop a lot of entrepreneurs because they get in the same bucket that John and I are in where we have some clients, we're doing some business, things are good, but we're scared to make the jump into scaling services because, again, we don't want to take on the responsibility of someone else's income. We don't want to have employees. Sound, just that, that whole idea is like just not really like where our mind is thinking. So we want to build something, but what can happen, and this happened to me, I've, built, I've started about seven info products eight maybe and as i'm making them i'm like ah this is crap (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like that that's the first thing that happens this is crap so i just kind of stop so so this has has kind of reinvigorated me to go back and say no 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 you got to make it you got to you got to be bad at it before you're good at it like john you mentioned before about muay thai it's the same exact thing i got it you got to get your you got to get your butt kicked before you start kicking butts you know what i mean like i just yesterday one of the one of the 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 best pro- arguably probably the best pound for pound kickboxer in the world trains out of our gym uh and he's russian and doesn't speak very good english so he and i are, have become good friends and he and i we sometimes will spar and we'll work together and the difference between when i work with him and when i work with somebody else is it's like night and day right because when i work with him he's obviously on a much higher level and but as i'm continuing to grow there's other people because of the that experience of just getting totally destroyed by this guy I'm learning how to up my skills in, in the rest of what's happening. So I think it's probably important. I think the point I'm making is that it's important not to let that, like our own, your own taste, stop you from building. Um, and and if, if that's the route you want to go, build like an info product that's a little bit, that can be a little bit more of a stable side, um, like thing of passive income, then you just got to do it and you got to put it out there. And if it's bad, that's fine. You got to get it done because you won't know if it's good or bad until it's done. I agree with that. So, 
Um, that's very interesting, though, Ross. I wanted to I want to circle back around for a second. What I do with my clients is I do I kind of have a, a mixture of the two of what you guys do. Um, I will do an initial thing where it's hourly. I basically I have them pay like a ridiculously low rate. They pay like a thousand bucks for like twenty hours uh, as the as the initial rate. And I say, I'll, you'll just pay it up front, and I'll give you 20 hours. And at the end of 20 hours, we'll figure out what we want to do from there. And the nice thing, I leave it super open-ended, for the, I think for the same reason that you do, Ross, because it gives me the ability to price based on, number one, the amount of work that this person wants me to do. Because I'm, I'm all about retainer, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't really like, project work is nice because there's a ta- like, it's very done when you're done. I like that. But there's always the chase, you have to go get those projects, right? Or do you have to have a, a method for them to come to you? I have none of the, neither of those things. Right. Um, and so I'm always about like figuring out what a, what a long-term relationship would be. You know, I'm less afraid of commitment in general, which is probably why I got into trouble in the first place. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I think, so I'll do that initial thing. And then at the end of that, that leaves it super open-ended so I can price based on the amount of work that I'm doing for them, based on how much they want me, based on how, less, how little I want to work with them. And so I can, I can basically price myself that way. Um, but I'm interested. I, I got to here, Brett. Yeah. So if you came to me and, and gave me an astrologically just a crazy low price, of, that's going to be a huge plus to me falling in love with you. Yeah. So I'm not going to walk away. Right. I'm like, dude, I want him there. And you're okay with it. Like, yeah, I like working with this guy. How do you raise your rates? Well, that's the thing. Is I, tell, I say at the very beginning, I say, look, I have, my rates are higher than this, but just to get started, like okay. just for us to get to, to have a – like let me do something for you. Let me make you some money. Uh, right. I, had one, I had one. I will not name names because I could get in trouble because he asked me specifically not to. But I had one guy who came in. I've had one guy come through, do the $1,000 thing and not continue. Yeah. And I would, I'd be interested to hear if you guys have had uh, situations like this because this actually really bothered me. This guy came in. I built a campaign for him. Helped him create content for it, uh, all within this 20 hours. Built it, launched it. In one month, this campaign alone that did not exist before, I watched because I still have access to his account. I watched the thing, the, the, the numbers roll in. He made a million dollars in the first month. Nice. Right? So, so just – and this is recurring revenue. He's, all he has is one info product. I made him a wow. million dollars in one in one month, like immediately, right off the bat. So I went back to him and I said, oh, this is, this is great. Like we're doing really well. I have some ideas on other campaigns we can, we can launch. There's all these other cool things we can do. Let's start talking about what we want a long-term relationship to look like. He's like, cool, just send me some thoughts. Like send me what you're thinking as far as pricing goes. And here's, here's where I kind of got a little bit salty because I told him, I said, look, okay, so this campaign's going to bring you in probably 750000 to a $1 million a month for the foreseeable future. So I thought to myself, I, now, uh, normally when someone charges a lift fee on the top of uh, like a, doing a, building a project for, some, for somebody like that, like if I had gone to him beforehand and said, I want, just want to take a percentage of whatever I make, which is a, a viable option. I haven't actually done it yet, but I'm interested to try it. Uh, I would have asked for 3% and I would have come, across, come away with like 30 grand, right? I didn't do that, which was in, in, in hindsight, I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Nice. But I went back to him and I said, how about, how about we say, say 1.5% of what this campaign does this month, which would have ended up being like 15, 15K per month as a retainer, and then we just keep moving forward. Because it, it's covered, right? The campaign's making more than that already. 
Well, he freaked out because he thought that was too much to ask for an Infusionsoft consultant. And I was like, but you don't understand. I just made you a million dollars. And uh, and then he bounced, and I haven't heard from him. And I'm like not about to chase him because that puts me in this weird spot. Um, but have, like that was an interesting experience for me because there's there are some times when it's very clear. Uh, well, it seems very clear that you know this is the way that it should go, or that's the way that it should go. And the numbers make perfect sense. But then because of the community, because of the person, like for me, that's a bullet dodged. Because I, because even though I could have been making a lot of money, if the if the guy that I'm working with doesn't understand the basic concepts of like I just made you all this money and I didn't charge you jack for it, like a thou, you paid me a thousand dollars, I made you a million, <laughs> I asked for fifteen and you, it was too much for you, and it was like wow. Um, so so that was that was kind of interesting interesting situation, but I think most of that was just because I didn't. That actually speaks to what you were referring to earlier. I think I probably came in too low to begin with. Um, but that's and, why I got to raise this my rates. Is a side note. I'm not the first guy to say this, and I'm not the last. But the people that want to pay me the least are the highest maintenance clients I've ever had. Yep. Every time. So that's yeah, been, that's my rates help my profitability and my attitude because my clients were better people. Yeah, I think I want to do that because I'm interested in I'm interested in trying out bringing on bringing people on that I can that I can pay to do. Some of the smaller, some of the ta- like. This is a good question for you, Ross. I think this will be helpful for you, for myself, and for John. And anybody else who's listening, you mentioned earlier that there are, there were certain tasks, the cheaper tasks that you had people doing. That was the first stuff you outsourced. Mm-hmm. Like what? What was the progression? Like you started out doing everything yourself, and then you did mention that you had your uh, your your project manager start doing email and client communications. But what was the what was the process? Because you mentioned you were doing project management first. So what was your yeah. first what with the first person you brought on what were they like what were they doing for you um, first things that, that I had them do was here's how to go you know edit or change something I created you know I, I did it we ran it by the client these are the things that need to be different so it's okay. so it's so easy just to here's how you get here's how you get in and change what I did right yeah um, then the next level obviously was like okay here's some here's a small piece of a bigger thing I'm creating. For me, it was WordPress stuff. All anything that needed to be created or changed in WordPress, that went. That that goes first, and then it moved over into Infusionsoft and other plugins. Say, okay, I've created this. Now you edit it. Okay, now you can create it. Since you've edited what I've created, you're exposed to how I create. Now you've edited it a few times. Now you can create it just like I created it, and we'll just review to see how you did. Okay. And when did you feel like you? had enough either revenue or enough uh, employees, or was it just workload to where you needed to bring on a project manager? Like, what was the, what was the shift there? When my, when my hours were about half and half between what I wanted to do and definable project management stuff, that's when it finally was pain. It should have been earlier, but that's when the pain was big enough for me that I'm like, I really don't like being a project manager, and I know I'm not good at it, but it's taking up almost half my day. Yeah, I'm sure that someone... An idiot could do it twice as fast as I do, and she does. She does it way faster than that. <laughs> so right, because that's the one. That's that's the only thing she's worried about, right? That's her focus. Yeah, that's the Which one I, thing. And I think and that's a skill. Yeah, I think that's a that's kind of a lost concept. Is this idea that when you can silo people in, like we in small business, like to think, oh well, why would I pay somebody else to do something that I can do? Well, the problem is that's fine when it's one thing. If all you do. Like if your only responsibility was make the widget 
and then the money was like money just sort of showed up at your house and then you just sort of sent it out. That's fine. The problem is you got to make the widget, you got to source the materials for the widget, you got to sell the widget, you got to market the widget, you got to talk, you got to do all these different things. And so you don't, you can't be as good at anything when you have to try and do everything. So I think that's, that's a very important principle. And that's one thing that I like, I, I would love, I think that that's got to be my new focus. I got, I'm going to write that down so I can get an assistant to to handle client communication because that's one thing that I hate. Because I, two, two reasons I hate it. Number one, John, you may have run into this too. One, I love when I provide the client with a ton of communication, like daily updates, like one summary email during every day of like what's happening. I love that idea, but I'm somehow incapable of actually doing that every day. You know what I mean? And I, whether it's time, whether it's I go over because of one thing or this other stuff happens. So having somebody else that can keep track of that kind of stuff and just, just be just not even necessarily say this is what's happening, but just check in. You know, being able to say, hey, will you just can you just make sure you check in with them every day and see how they're doing, see it, make sure everything's fine. Because I found that the longer there's a relate, there's a proportional relationship between the number of days that go by in between client communications and the rate at which those clients end up canceling with you. Right. Because if you can be in more constant communication, usually people like working with you. People pay. Okay, we actually need to wrap this up in like three minutes. So I'm going to give everybody last words. These are my last words. People pay, and I'm going to look right into the camera for this. This is going to be awesome. People pay you not for what you do, but for who you are, right? And this, this is proven by, obviously, if you do, a, like, there's a threshold here. You can't be terrible. So barring people that are terrible at what they do, people will pay. In fact, that's not even true. I have a guy, this client I'm working for, the one that's, that's annoying and texts me all the time, he's got a guy on staff who's been on staff with him for 20 years, and he won't fire him because he's been on staff with him for 20 years, and it's because he likes him. Right. So that proves my point even further. People will pay you because they like you. But if they don't have a chance to like you, meaning you never communicate with them, they're much more likely to forget that they like you. And that's when they stop paying you. So I think it's that the client communication thing is very important because you get the chance to be uh, entertaining. You get a chance to sort of brighten their day. That's the reason why they hired you in the first place. So I think that's very important. Uh, is is that communication and everything that Ross said more so than anything that I said? Everything that Ross said is very important. <laughs> Whatever. All right, John. Last last words. Why don't you go first, Ross? Um, last words. <laughs> I don't know that this is the most important, but it's something that's re- resonating in my life right now. Is I'm looking at both my sales funnel and my customer. You know, from before and after you pay me to like what Brett said is the no like and trust. Where am I installing no like and trust in my brand experience? Not just me, because I'm trying to step into different roles. But where am I implementing a no a like and a trust touch for customers and prospects? Um, because it's the same thing. I'm in a highly competitive field. You don't have to swing a dead cat to find another someone who promises what I promise. But if if you like me and you get to know me, you will be here a long time. Agreed. That's cool. Sorry, I had a uh, somebody's trying to. The, some one of my uh, contacts doesn't like to uh, follow the the Skype rules and ask, "Can I call first? Which is weird because you don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why there's a rule of Skype like that, but you know, obviously, I can't answer it. Um, yeah, I think uh, I had a great thought when you guys were talking, and uh, it's kind of almost escapes me. But the 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 thought of um, if you're Working on a retainer basis, it's hugely important that you don't fall into the track of becoming the order taker, and it can easily become that way 
what you've mapped out everything you're going to do, and you've got to stay on top of what's next. You've got to be able to, to make recommendations and say, all right, we're you know outside of what we're doing here, since you know like Ross said, it's not that box, it's not that one project. You need to be looking at the holistic nature of everything that they're doing, and figure out where it is you can tweak things to move the, the needles on their KPIs. And and if they're bringing it to you, if they're bringing ideas to you for you to do, then then you're failing at that responsibility right there. And I think we all probably fall into that at some point in time. When you get complacent with a certain client, it happens, and you just got to find a way to to uh, to come back and take another thousand, you know, thousand, ten thousand, forty thousand foot view, whatever it is, to to get back in that right mindset. Agreed. Amen. Agreed. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, you are both welcome to come back anytime. I'm going to start doing these, I think, a little bit earlier in the day, uh, like not probably 9 or 10 your time, which is 8 or 9 my time in the morning. Um, it's a little bit cool. Uh, you, you can't see because I'm wearing black. I wore black on purpose, but I'm like sweating, like, <laughs> like, like more than I should be. Uh, so we'll start doing these earlier next week. What I would like to do as well is, is create sort of this uh, uh, brain trust among the three of us, bring other people in, pick their brains, ask them things. I think that the dynamic that the three of us have – is one that is uh, that I think breeds a lot of creativity and a lot of good thoughts. I'm interested to con- to start implementing some of these things that Ross has talked about. That's why I asked all those questions because now I get to plug that stuff into my own brain. Uh, interested in just seeing how that grows the business, and, and I'm sure John has some ideas as well. So it'll be interesting to report back and see how things are going. But um, thank you guys. I'll do a little a little outro here, and then we'll 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 call it good. So. Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody. For thanks coming. for the opportunity because likewise I got a lot out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, those of you that are live, there are zero of you, so I'm not really talking to you. Uh, all of you that are watching this later, prob- it's probably like five years after we've recorded this. Someone is like, like going back to get the the original episodes of this stuff, but that's fine. You're cool too, and the fact that you stayed until now is even better. Uh, I think the important things that we pulled out of this this uh, this particular episode are one, make sure that you're thinking forward in the in the way that you're you're setting up your business, thinking what the next thing is. How do I scale? How do I move? How do I build this into something bigger? Um, for because you, that's that's the way that we're going to continue to grow the business and what we're capable of doing. And then, like we said, sort of at the end there, uh, understand that people are paying you for you. And make sure you're in communication with them, keeping them happy, keeping them updated, and everything that way. So thanks, everybody. We will see you all in a week's time, uh, a little bit earlier in the day, and it will be much beautifuler in this room. And uh, until then, we'll see you around. Peace out. Awesome. All right, cool, man. Um, This thing will go live, and then perfect. Good stuff. Thanks, Brett. Yeah. If it fits in my calendar, I'll join you anytime. Dude, dude, yeah, we'd love to have you. Thanks, man. All right, see you later. See ya.